turn to the book of Luke for me, please. The book of Luke. We've just finished or gotten through the season of Christmas. It's kind of still winding down. We have uh, Christmas was on Monday. Many of you had uh, uh, spent Christmas with loved ones, except for Mr. Bill, who spent Christmas in the hospital doing chaplain. He was called in. But uh, a lot of us, you know, enjoyed our Christmas uh, uh, season. Like I said, it's a, it's a great time of year. And I, I guess it'd be, I, I, it would be right to say for me that I'm a little late on this Christmas message, if you will. Um, so this message is not necessarily a Christmas message, but more like a post-Christmas message. I'll get to that, and, I'll let, and you'll see in just a moment. Luke chapter 2 Verse, I will start in verse number 15. Verse number 15. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which is told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. Do me a favor. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2 and verse number 1 through 3. Matthew chapter 2 verses 1 through 3. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod, the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all of Jerusalem with him. Let's go ahead and pray. Tonight I will speak on this subject. Christmas is here. Now what? Christmas is here, now what? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this wonderful day you've given us, Lord. Thank you again, just the time you're able to set aside to celebrate uh, uh, the birth uh, of, of your only begotten Son, Lord. This is uh, the beginning of a wondrous uh, a promise uh, fulfilled um, that you would provide a way of salvation, Lord. And thank you for that um, as, as we are no longer uh, destined Lord, uh, uh, we, are, we have the, the opportunity to accept Jesus Christ as our Savior uh, and, and use his sacrifice to cover our sins. Lord, thank you so much for that wonderful, wonderful gift. Lord, help us tonight. Help us to pay attention. Help us to, to, to really open our hearts to what you have for us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> as like I said before, Christmas is a great time of year. Some people see it as a time to spend with long-lost family. Others see it as a time to bless their loved ones with gifts. And others view it as an opportunity to enjoy a few days off from school or work. Others view it as a time to break their diet. Uh, and, and many different things. All around the world, people have made Christmas into a lot of things, and that's not all bad. In Spain, we have, the, we have a, a parade that goes through with the three wise men. Uh, they actually have names. I don't know the names right now. But they would go down in a float. People would line up on the side and they'd throw candy to the kids. And, and, and we had like a special. And, and different countries have different ways celebrating Christmas. They make it into a lot of things. And it's not bad to want to see family. It's not bad to want to give gifts. But let's not ever forget 
the reason for the season. Let's not forget the why of Christmas. But Christmas is over now. Christmas was on Monday. It's over now. The season of Christmas, that is. Christmas in Bible times were just a little different than what we see today. We see, if we read in the book of Matthew and Luke, there were no Christmas trees. There were no ornaments. There was no family gatherings. There was no festivities. There was no last day Christmas shopping at Walmart. Uh, there was no nothing like that. There were no Christmas lights to see. Um, speaking of Christmas lights, I took Ramirez down to St. Augustine uh, yesterday. Saw the Knights of Light. Saw see just all beautiful. I doubt Bethlehem looked like that. There was nothing like that. There were no special celebrations. No socks or ugly sweaters that were given. Just a normal day of the life of the Israelites. A normal day where Caesar said, okay, everyone come to be taxed. Everyone had to return to their birthplace, the, the, place, the, the town they were from. For Mary and Joseph, it was Bethlehem. Just a normal day. But God uses this normal situation to reveal his abnormal surprise. God uses normal situations to reveal his abnormal presence. He uses normal people to show his abnormal power. In this case, this happened to be the most awaited event of the Old Testament, and this was the coming of the Messiah. The coming of the Messiah. We will see tonight three reactions to the coming of Christ. You know, Christ is coming soon, again. So I'm going to ask you this for tonight. Which of these three are you? Number one, the coming of Christ for some people in the Bible times was a life-changing experience. If you're in Matthew, go go back to Luke for me. Luke chapter 2. And we see a group of people who their entire life was changed. It was... They couldn't explain it. And these were the shepherds. The shepherds were astounded at the news of the coming Messiah. And as soon as they heard, as soon as they saw the host of angels, they immediately came to see the baby. In chapter 2, verse number 15, And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them to heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us go later. No, right? Let us go tomorrow. No, They said, let us go now, go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. Not only did they come immediately to see the baby, but after that we see, uh, verse number 16, and they came with haste. They didn't walk there. They didn't skip there. They ran. And in verse 17, when they had seen it, they made known abroad saying which was told to them concerning their child. They went around. Hey, guess what? Just down the street to the left, there's a baby in a manger surrounded by donkeys and whatever it may be or however you want to say, there's a baby in a manger and that's Christ the Lord. This is the coming Messiah. Come look. Come look. Go to the next one. Hey, guess what? Down the street a couple ways. There's a baby, there's a, a lady named Mary, and a guy named Joseph. They, this baby is the Messiah. That's the only thing the shepherds could focus on. This experience for the shepherds, number one, 
how to change of focus. How to change of focus. The shepherd's only focus was to make sure everyone knew that the Savior was here. As we realize tonight that the Lord is coming soon, what's your focus? Are we? Hey, there's a Savior coming. He came already to die for your sins. He's coming soon. Turn with me to Ezekiel chapter 11. Ezekiel chapter 11, verse 19. When Christ enters your heart, it is a life-changing experience. And first of all, it changes our focus. And it should cause us to go and share with as many people as we can about the coming Messiah. In Ezekiel chapter 11, verse number 19, and I will give them one heart, and I will put, my, put a new spirit within you, and I will give the stony heart out of their flesh, and I will give them a heart of flesh. Numbers number 20, that they may walk in my statutes and keep my ordinances to do them, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God. People say all the time, man, I, I'm not good enough to be saved. Well, no one asked you or asked them, if they were good enough to be saved. They can be saved. And the Bible says in, in Ezekiel, I, I will give them a heart of flesh so that they may obey my statutes and my ordinances. You don't do the changing in your own life. God changes your life. Because if we started changing ourselves, it only lasts for so long. If we start changing ourselves, that, it can last for a while. And we start changing ourselves. God, it's okay. I can, I can do it myself. It'll last for a little bit. It won't last for very long. But if we let God change our lives, and as soon as we realize that God's the one that changes their lives and their hearts, not us, the more powerful God can be in their life. Because sometimes we get in the way of God's, God's will sometimes. Sometimes we say, okay, God, I got this. And then we just mess everything up. And God says, okay, I'll just have to fix it for you. It happens sometimes. But for the shepherds, when they saw this news, it was a life-changing experience. Their focus solely was on sharing to everyone around that the Messiah was here. Number two, it caused a change of direction. In Matthew chapter 2, we see wise men from the Far East. They saw a star. They knew they they read the scriptures and that caused wise men. Bible never says there was three, but uh, but there were three gifts. So there was at least three wise men. I'm going to assume, unless they one wise man held two gifts in each in one hand. But I know there was at least more than two because it says men. It's a uh, um, plural, if you will, for those who are uh, English major. Change of direction. These wise men saw it and immediately went from the far east all the way to Bethlehem to see what was going on. They went to Herod and said, Hey, king, where, where is this Messiah? Where is this king that was prophesied in the Bible? We see his star change of direction. Completely change. In Psalms it says, uh, The steps of a good man are what? Ordered by the Lord. But there's a second part to that, to that verse, and, 
in chapter in chapter thirty-seven, and I think this be, I believe is twenty-four. Yeah, twenty. Yeah, though he fall, he should not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. When we accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, there should, it should cause us a change of direction. Change of direction. If we see, if we see what the Lord has done for us, naturally, we would change our direction from some things we shouldn't be doing or shouldn't be thinking or shouldn't be saying. Right? Not only was it a change of direction, but there was a change in attitude. Do not to turn there, but in Colossians chapter 3 and verse number 17. Get there. There we go. Colossians chapter 3, verse number 17. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. When we see the imminent coming of the Messiah, it's coming soon, how does that change us? Is that a life-changing experience where we change our focus? Just want to tell everyone about the coming Messiah? Does it change our direction? Maybe kind of look inside ourselves, seeing if, we're right with the Lord. Change of attitude. These wise men offered gifts to a child. They gave gold to a baby. They gave frankincense and myrrh. All these precious gifts to a... Now, I don't know about you, but I, I would think twice to give a, a, a very expensive, very nice glass ornament to my four-year-old nephew. I'd be very hesitant, hesitant to do that because... You know, first of all, my four-year-old nephew is energy on 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 feet. He's, he's, have you ever seen the Energizing Bunny? He just that's literally what he is. And so I, I would think twice for giving him something fragile, right? But these wise men understood who he was and wanted to give their very best. Are we giving our best for Jesus, knowing that he's coming soon? Knowing what he's done for us as we pass this Christmas, we say, oh man, Christmas came, and Christmas is about the Lord, and he came. Well, if that's how important Christmas is, how is he, why should we not give him his best? So that was the first reaction in the birth of Christ. It's a life-changing experience. The wise men and the shepherds just completely changed their life. Number two, it was the life-threatening experience. For this one, we'll go to I believe it's Matthew. Matthew chapter 2. We'll spend it here. We reached a character by the name of King Herod. King Herod. I think looking at the scripture, we could say that he was uh, not a very good king. He was very power hungry. He liked his position of power. And when the wise men came to him and said, hey, we're looking for a king. The Bible says in verse number 3 of chapter 2, When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all of Jerusalem with him. When King Herod learned about Jesus, he felt that his throne and his rule was being threatened. He said, I don't, I don't want this baby Jesus to come and take my rule. I don't want him to take my throne. 
something must be done and we all know what happens he took a he took drastic drastic actions he did the same thing pretty much the egyptians did back in back in exodus what, what was the decree of pharaoh he decreed all the men was i think it's 2 years and under to throw them in the river right what did king herod decree every man child 2 years and younger and be put to death it threatened his rule and it threatened his lifestyle. He knew that when Jesus was here, he couldn't continue living the way he wanted to live. So for some people, when it comes to Christmas and they see the true meaning of Christmas, they don't like it very much. So they replace it with something else, right? They replace Christ for something else. Santa, if you will. I'm not going to step on that soapbox. I know a lot of people have a lot of uh, uh, um, thoughts and, and, and beliefs on that. I know in my family personally, we were never told that Santa uh, uh, gave us presents, especially since we didn't have a chimney in our apartment anyway. So that didn't work very well. Um, so we, were, we, we, we really didn't believe, my parents didn't tell us about Santa, um, nothing we were too crazy about, probably because, yeah, so... No Santa in our house. Sorry. We ate the cookies ourselves and drank the milk ourselves. So it was great. Um, sorry, Santa. Um, no. They replaced it with something else because they don't want to think about that. They don't want to think about the nativity scene. In Romans chapter 12, turn with me real quick to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12 and verse number 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove that, that what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. In order for us not to be conformed to this world, we have to give up our rule of ourselves and submit to God. Because if we rule our own hearts with our own uh, desires, we're not going to live according to how God wants us to live. Because we won't, we won't know what he wants us to do. We'll only, we'll only know if we surrender our hearts and our desires to him and let him rule our hearts and not ourselves. But sometimes when we think about the word conviction, I think some people don't want to celebrate Christmas because it maybe convicts them a little bit. We see, we see in John chapter 3, verse number 19, it says here, And this is the condemnation. The light is come into the world, and the man loved darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. And everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither coming to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. King Herod didn't like the fact that Jesus was there, because once he found that out, he couldn't, he couldn't live the way he wanted anymore. A lot of times, not saying you guys, but people, the reason why they replace Christmas with something is because they, they don't want to change the lifestyle. They don't want to change what they're doing wrong. Why? Because they know it's wrong. They know it's wrong. So this was the second reaction to, the, to Christ. It was a life-threatening experience. And sometimes people don't want to think about Jesus coming. People don't want to think about death because they don't want to give up the rule of their own hearts to someone 
other than themselves and they don't want to believe their lifestyle. But last, and this is not talked about a lot. Bible doesn't mention a lot about this. We're going to go back to Luke. The reason why I'm, I'm, I'm having you flipped over back and forth is to keep you awake, you know, make sure you don't sleep on me. Luke chapter 2. I want you to, there's a third character here. Here we go. In verse number 18, the shepherds are telling all the townspeople, and they and all that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. So the shepherds go up and they're telling somebody. That's our third character. And if you read down through, not one person came and visited Jesus Christ in the manger. Other than the shepherds and the wise men, we really don't see anybody else mentioned in the Bible. Even though the shepherds went to every door, the Bible says, they went every door, hey, and they told them what things, what happened, they just wondered and continued on as normal. So there's a life-changing experience by the wise man, the shepherd. There's the life-threatening experience that Herod had. Then there's the life-normalizing experience. And it's something that the Bible doesn't really shed light on, but is the, is the reaction of the townspeople. All we see is that the shepherds knocked on every door, and the townspeople wondered, and then did nothing about it. Nah, just go on as normal. Christmas comes by. People get so hyped up about Christmas. I got to spend so much money. I got to make so much food. All this. Have time with family. It's like, hey, we read the Christmas story and after that, they go their lives like nothing ever happened. Christmas ought to be a life-changing experience for Christians. It should, it should be, I believe, one of the biggest celebrations amongst uh, Christians. Not that because we know for sure that he died or that he came and was born on the t- December 25th, but that because we choose a day to recognize the most precious gift God gave to man. And if it wasn't for that, we have no reason to be in a church. We have no reason to meet. We have no reason to believe in God, if you will, if that never happened. We have, we have, our, the, the, the religion in its entirety of Christianity would be no more if this didn't happen. So when we view Christmas and it comes around, how do we take it? Is it something we can seem like, wow, I can go back and remind myself of how much God loves me? Because he didn't just send his son to die for just anyone. He died, he came to die for everyone, including you and me. So if that doesn't change your life, I don't know what does. But this should be a constant reminder. Hey, God loves me. It should never be a, oh, I don't want to go by Christmas because it, there's things in my life that I don't want to shed the light. Or we go through it and then we just go back to normal. Just another year. 2024 is coming. No baking. No change from last year. People give off New Year's resolutions. I don't do them because I know I'm going to break them. 
So the Bible does have a verse on if you're going to vow a vow, can you keep it? Or it's better to not vow a vow than to vow one and not keep it. So I, I, I don't do that. But New Year's resolutions, all is coming up. That, that's, that, that season is coming up. Why not make a, not necessarily a New Year's resolution, but have a prayer. Lord, help me with this issue this year. Whatever it is. Because you and I aren't perfect. Ask my wife. I'm not perfect. Like today, I mess up on the songs. I'm not perfect. So there's, there's always, if we look inside ourselves and reread the Bible and use it as a mirror, we will see something that's not right because we're not perfect. And if we ask the Lord, maybe this year, help me, help me with this issue. Lord, help me with this issue. And with that being said, Christmas will never have to leave your heart. Because it can always be a constant reminder that God loves us and that God sent his only begotten son to die for us. And with that being said, we can look and say, you know what? God loved me, so let me love him back with my life, with my heart, with my actions, with my life. The season's pretty much over. Christmas doesn't have to be over in your heart. It really doesn't. And I, I, give, I give my wife a hard time because she wants to listen to Christmas music, you know, before Thanksgiving. And I, I'm not a, the hugest, biggest fan of that. But I will say now, Christmas doesn't have to end on December 27th or 26th. It can bring forever in your hearts as you remind yourselves you know what? God loved me enough to send his son to die for me, so let me love him back. What attitude are you taking this evening? Just a little thought tonight. I don't want to give you something too deep. It is the Wednesday maybe service. People are tired. I understand. And so uh, just something as we enter the New Year's and as we look at our past year, look at our successes and our failures and whatever it is, and we look forward to a new year, let's, let's start a new year off with a bang. Let's start it off with, with a burning desire to serve him. Let's start it off with a burning desire to knock on doors and spread the gospel. Let's start, let's start the year off with, with, with a life-changing experience. Let's do that. Let's do that. See if, we can, see if we can turn the city of Jackson right side up, because it's already upside down. So let's turn it right side up. So. All right.